Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. Today on the broadcast, you are in Bible school. What do I mean by that? Today on this broadcast, I'm going to take you to Karis Bible College, Woodland Park, Colorado. Many of you know that's Brother Andrew Womack's Bible College, and they invited us, Sarah and I both, uh, towards the beginning of this year to come minister to the students, and we absolutely love it there. We love these students. You're going to love this. We're going to spend some time together in the Word of God. Beginning today, over the next several weeks of broadcast, we're going to continue in this theme that we've been in really since the beginning of this year, talking about what to do when you stand at these crossroads in life, at the intersection, when it's time to make a choice, which way are you going to go? And the Bible has so much to say about the path that you and I live our lives on. And today I want to begin talking specifically about how to walk this path and not miss the turn. One of the reasons it's so important to take the turn when the wisdom of God is standing there in the intersection, crying out, turn here, turn here. It's because when you are on the right path, it will take you to your wealthy place. What is your wealthy place? That's the place wherein you prosper spirit, soul, and body. You don't want to miss your turn. Let's go right now to Karis Bible College, Woodland Park, Colorado. Watch this. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, I want you to notice this from verse 20. It says, wisdom, everybody say wisdom, calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Verse 23, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I'll make my words known to you. If you hold your place there in chapter one in these verses we just read, just look over a page or so in chapter four. The scripture is very clear in verse five. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget it nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She'll preserve you, love her. She'll keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So if the scripture is telling you and I to get wisdom and telling us that wisdom is the principal thing, that's the first thing that you need, then you ought to be asking the follow-up question, where do I go? Where do I go to get this wisdom? If this wisdom is what I need, you're telling me I need it. You're telling me it's the principal thing. Okay, cool. Where's it at? Where do I go to get the wisdom? Well, that's what we just read in, in chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. Wisdom raises her voice in the open squares, in the chief concourses. Listen to this from the Amplified Translation. And if you guys have that and want to put it on the screen, you can. But in the Amplified Bible, it says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the markets. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections, in the chief gathering places, at the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. I want you to notice where wisdom's hanging out. Aren't you thankful God did not put his wisdom in some far off place, hidden in some ancient temple at the top of some mountain somewhere that you have no idea how to find? 
but you've got to go try to find it. And when you get there, you get three questions and that's it for the rest of your life because that's where the wisdom of the universe and the ages is hiding out. That's not where the wisdom of God is. Where's the wisdom? We just read it. Wisdom's crying out. Where? In the street. Wisdom's crying out. Where else? In the markets. Wisdom's raising her voice at the noisy intersections. Can I tell you what's so significant and so special about these places that that's why wisdom, the wisdom of God would be hanging out there? You want to know what's so significant about them? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. The only thing that makes these places significant and the only reason that wisdom would be in these places is because you're there. That's because this is where you are living your life. That's why the wisdom of God's hanging out right there, out in the streets. Because every day you wake up, you leave the house, you're on your way here, you're on your way to work, you're on, to, on your way to a meeting, you're on your way to these different places, you're out there in the streets. Guess who else is out there talking, wanting to talk to you, wanting to have conversation with you, wanting to lead you, wanting to guide you, wanting to correct you, wanting to, wanting to direct you. Guess who else is hanging out in the street? Wisdom. The wisdom of God. Why? Because that's where you need it. Do you notice it said wisdom is in the markets? Plural, the markets. So I don't care if you're in the supermarket or the stock market. <laughs> wisdom is hanging out right there, talking to you, leading you, guiding you. We need some supermarket wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. Don't eat that. Maybe perhaps stop eating that. We need some stock market wisdom, huh? Could you use some of that in your life? Sow here, spend here, invest here. The wisdom of God is available to you and to me right out there in the streets, in the markets. The one that caught my attention most was what the Amplified Bible said about wisdom crying out in the noisy intersections. What is an intersection? Well, chapter 8, if you flip over there, it echoes these same things. It says in verse 1, Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. The New Living Translation says, At the crossroads. That's what an intersection is. It's a place where two paths meet. It's a place in the road where you have to make a decision. What direction am I going in from here? And I'm so thankful that that is where God put his wisdom. Because where else do you need it more than in an intersection where you need to make a decision in your life? Am I going continuing straight? Do I hang a left? Do I turn right? And I thank God that that is where he put his wisdom. I told you these are some of the things that we're walking through experiencing in our own lives right now. Towards the end of last year, we were thinking a certain way about our ministry and about our direction. And about fall of 2018, man, the Lord just arrested us and began talking to us and causing us to look in a place we hadn't looked before and, uh, or hadn't looked recently, I should say, and uh, just woke up some things on the inside of us. And when January got here and I was seeking him about the direction for our year and specifically about the letter that I was getting ready to write to our partners of our ministry, I said, Lord, what would you say to him about this year? And he gave me two words, course correction. Course correction. 
And immediately he took me to the scripture in Proverbs about wisdom standing there in the intersection. Now what is a course correction? It's a correction that you make while you're already on your way. Starting the process is a good thing. You're never going to get where you're supposed to be. You'll never arrive in that wealthy place that we're talking about unless and until you start and you take a step, that first step. But just as critical to you arriving in that place as it is you starting the process, just as important is you being willing to make these course corrections along the way. The example I was giving our staff and, and this group that we meet with on a monthly basis, we're talking about some of these things. In our office, our ministry, it's just about 15 minutes from our house, not very far. But do you know how many turns I have to make to arrive there? And it's not even very far away. How many turns before I even get out of my own neighborhood? Before I get off our street, onto the main street, onto the other street, turning onto that one, into this one, into that one, and then into our property, I don't know how many ter different turns there are between where I live and where I'm headed in the morning. Now, you would think, man, it would be great to see, I live that way. I'm just going to start going that way. If that was your attitude, you're not going to make it out of the building. You're going to be running into walls. You're going to be running into all kinds of things. And if you are unwilling to course correct along the way, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be aggravated. You're going to get depressed. And eventually, if you're unwilling to course correct, you're going to find somebody else to blame it on. And if you stick with that, it'll end up at God. And you're just going to stand right there banging into that wall, banging into that wall, and banging into that wall over and over if you don't stop. And course correct. That's what these intersections are about. Making course corrections along the way. You notice what wisdom said there in chapter 1? What's wisdom saying in the intersection? Verse 23. Turn. Turn. That's what you do at an intersection, right? You turn. Everybody say turn. That's what wisdom is crying out. Crying out turn. Now, the more I looked at this and the more I studied this, the more I began to realize there are reasons that people all the time, every day, are missing their turns. One of the first times I ever saw this, Sarah and I were youth pastoring at my parents' church. We did that together for a number of years. And I was talking to teenagers, and I talked to them about this a lot. I talked to them at, about standing at the crossroads of spirit and flesh and how every single day of your life, you will stand right there at that crossroad and you'll have to make a decision. Do I yield to the willingness of my spirit or do I yield to the weakness of my flesh? Jesus himself stood at that crossroads in the garden shortly before the cross. Do you remember it? Crying out, my father, if there's any way this cup can pass from me. But then what did he say? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He turned around from there and went to the disciples. And of course, he saw them praying in tongues and they were fasting and interceding. <laughs> what were they doing? Sleeping, sound asleep. And he said to them, could you not watch and pray with me? He said, you need to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And for years I thought, yeah, guys, wake up. 
Your spirit's willing to pray, but your flesh is weak and wants to sleep. And there's certainly an application to that. But I believe Jesus was showing them and us what he was going through. Because he turned right around from there, went back to pray again and cried out that same thing. He's standing right there at that crossroads and the weakness of his flesh. And he had flesh just like you. And the weakness of that flesh is pulling him in this direction. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to endure this. But the willingness of his spirit cried out even louder. Not my will, but yours be done. He's standing right there at that intersection. And he's not about to miss his turn. And we would talk to teenagers about standing at this crossroads and how oftentimes somebody else takes you by the hand and brings you right to that crossroads of spirit and flesh through what they said to you, how they treated you, the way they acted towards you. And you have to make a decision. What's going to come out of my mouth? What's my response going to be? Do you know what? Since that time, after having youth pastored so long ago, do you know what I've discovered? Full-blown adults need to hear this same thing. Every day, you and I are standing right there at that crossroads. And life is full of these intersections. Now, you know as well as I do, there are some intersections that you go through, small town intersections. It might be one blinking light that they installed after 100 years of one stop sign. There's big news in the city. And you go through that intersection, you might not see another person, might not see another car, and it's, it's easy. But there are other intersections that we arrive at, like this scripture's talking about, that are noisy. But there's a lot going on there. What does that say? That says to me that wisdom is not the only voice crying out in that intersection. That there's other voices, other things for you to give your time, your attention, your affection to. And when the, the writer here was talking about these things, you notice what wisdom said. She said, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Do you want to know what the word simple means? A simple person. It's not just ignorant or anything like that. It's the word literally means easily seduced. You study it out and you're going to find that it actually means open-minded. Open-minded. Now that's interesting because we're living in a culture right now that is preaching open-mindedness. And you have to be open. If you're not open to this or you're not open to that, you're a racist. You're a thisophobe and you're a thataphobe. And if you're not open and if you're not open, you need to be open and you need to be open. Now, I don't have to be open to you, but you need to be open to me. Preaching open-mindedness. But that's simplicity, the scripture says. You can be too open. Too open to other Doctrine, too open to other ways of thinking, too open to things that are outside of the Word of God. Amen. Look, folks, my mind is wide open. If you can find it from here all the way to here, baby, I'm wide open to it. Wide open. But I don't have to be wide open to just any old voice and anything that this world decides it wants to preach at me. I don't have to be open to it. 
Simplicity is being too open, easily seduced. It's the inability to discern. You see this word a lot in the Proverbs, discernment. It's the inability to discern what's actually valuable, what's actually true, what's actually right. And it takes the wisdom of God. It takes the understanding that comes from being full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit. It takes that to have this kind of discernment that when you see and you hear different voices, you have the ability to tune one out and tune one in. We could stand in a crowd this size or bigger and it could be loud, it could be noisy, but I guarantee you this, if my wife or one of my children start calling my name, I'd hear them because I'm tuned to those voices. They're familiar to me. I know them. You can be that way with Jesus. Didn't he say in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. The shepherd calls his sheep by name. And then what does he do? Leads them out. He calls them by name and he leads them out. He said, a stranger's voice, they won't follow. You will not follow a voice that's strange to you. You'll follow the one that you're most familiar with. But it's upon you and I to become most familiar with this voice. The voice of God himself speaking to us through his word and by his spirit. Amen? I feel like I'm preaching just a little bit better than... And you're shouting. The reason I'm saying this to you this morning is because I know I'm not the only one standing at this crossroad. I don't know many of you, but I guarantee you if we sat down and went over your story, you stood at a crossroad before you arrived here. There were decisions to make, right? There were things to leave and things to pursue. And it may not have been the easiest decision you ever made. But there was something and someone calling you this way. I believe there are a number of reasons people miss their turn in these intersections. A lot of it you can go back and draw parallels to naturally speaking. Why do people just operating a car miss their turn? Let me give you a couple of them. And we could take time to go through scripture after scripture on each of these. But I want you just to be thinking about them. Because I don't want you missing your turn. Some of you are first year, maybe you're going to be here for another couple of years. Some of you are second year, maybe this is the last year. Some of you are third year and there are decisions to be made right now. And I don't want you leaving this place missing your turn. I tell you, one of the big reasons people miss their turn is they got bad directions. Now, I sort of feel bad for my kids and different ones of this younger generation because as long as they have a satellite signal, they'll never be lost. They'll never experience that cold sweat dripping down your back going, I don't think I know where I am. They'll never be without Siri's voice saying, turn here, turn here. But there was a time not that long ago that if you were in a place and you wanted to go to another place that you'd never been, you either had to get out a map or ask somebody that had been there before. And if you were asking somebody how to get there. I mean, think about this. Think about how we used to live. We just used to take people's word for stuff. And they said, here's what you're going to want to do. You want to pull out, turn left, go three miles, take another right, and then stay on that road for about 17 miles. Then you're going to take a left and then a left and then a right, and then so on and so on and so on. 
And you, you follow all those directions to a T. Well, what happens if they forgot one left turn? Just one. I mean, you are not going to end up where you wanted to be. Why? Bad directions. Bad directions. You're in Proverbs. Look ahead again at chapter 4. Verse 20. What did he say? My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, normally when we read this, these verses together, our emphasis here is on the words. And it's words that are life. It's the sayings from the word that are health to your flesh. Let me put the emphasis in a different place for you and see if it means something in addition to that. Ready? Listen to this. My son, give attention to my words. Do you hear that? Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to their flesh. When you read it like that, it goes to show you, it really backs up what chapter one's already said. There are a lot of words out there you could be listening to. There are a lot of things being preached at you from different places. But the important thing is your ability to tune those out and this in. Why? These are good directions. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.